Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Richard! Richard! Oh, are we on? Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. And welcome once again to Radio Free Canada. News and notes from the underground for July the 30th. Friday, July 30th. Cracks, ladies and gentlemen, cracks are beginning to form, as I mentioned yesterday, in the official authoritarian COVID narrative. Yesterday, we talked about how the CDC is revoking its request for emergency use of the PCR test from the FDA as of December the 31st. Uh, We talked about the CDC admitting that the vaccinated are as likely to spread the variants as the unvaccinated. And we talked about how it seems likely the vaccines are causing the variants. We also talked about Premier Jason Kenney out in Alberta, basically declaring the pandemic over in his province. So I'm going to hit on a couple of those stories again today. One of the things that Kenny out in Alberta said was that it was time for the media and others to stop the fear mongering. Well, now the fear mongers are not happy about that. A number of doctors and so-called fact checkers, the fact checkers are saying the premier is being reckless and anti-science. Dave Naylor from the Western Standard will be here an hour or two to discuss. And Dave will also stick around to talk about one of the big grievances that Alberta has with the Laurentian elites. That's a polite word for gropey blackface and his band of creepy grifters up in Ottawa. One of the, the, uh, the bugaboos for the Albertans is the Senate. Alberta would like an elected Senate. They'd also like an effective and equal Senate. They get, they get six seats in Alberta in the upper chamber just six seats. And yet, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, with far fewer people than Alberta, get 10. So Alberta would at least like the people of Alberta to elect their senators and then have the PM appoint those senators that the people of of Alberta select. But Gropey, went ahead and appointed an Alberta senator anyway, all on his own, ahead of the uh, October elections out in Alberta, just totally disregarding the wishes of uh, the people out there. So uh, Dave Naylor will be here to uh, discuss that as well. Uh, Coming up this hour, 
The Federal Politburo, let's call a spade a spade, shall we? Trudeau's cabinet wants to create an office of the Digital Safety Commissioner. The Digital Safety Commissar uh, would have the power to block websites, investigate anonymous complaints, and conduct behind-closed-door Star Chamber-style hearings into legal, legal, but hurtful or offensive online content. Why don't they just call it the Ministry of Truth and be done with it? Is this, is this the country you want to live in? Here we go. Yet another hill to die on. The problem is too many hills. Only one life. You don't find this absolutely sinister, absolutely odious, then we are truly lost. There was a, a U.S. District Court judge back in the 40s, I think, Judge Billings Learned Hand. He said that liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. It's up to us. So add Bill C-36, Bill C-10, mandatory vaccines, vaccine passports, endless mask mandates, and now this digital safety commissioner's office to the list of hills to die on. You see what we're up against. Are you ready? Are you prepared for the battle of your lives. Tom Korski is the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, minding Ottawa's business. And uh, he'll be here in a few minutes to discuss the, uh, the digital safety commissioner. Mad Max, a.k.a. the Honorable Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party, has been touring Western Canada, delivering his message of conservative populism. He'll be here. This hour, we'll talk about Alberta's grievances. We'll also talk about Derek Sloan's decision. He's formed a new, as yet unnamed, party. And uh, we'll also talk about vaccine passports. And it's Friday. That means a visit from the Lim Riddler. Be listening for this week's Lim Riddle Clues when the Lim Riddler joins me just before the news at the top of the hour. It's like a... Um, it's a it's a, a limerick. It's a riddle sort of combined all in one. And there's a, a one word answer. That you need to solve and then be listening again before I sign off for the day for the big reveal, the answer to this week's limb riddle. And I'll also announce the names of this week's winners. And um, just for bragging rights, although we are uh, we're looking at um, some prizes for the fall. I can't reveal, I can't divulge as yet, but we are in negotiations. Uh, all that plus uh, the German phrase of the day, news not in the news. And we're going to introduce a new Friday feature in the second hour with Lou called The Bee or Not the Bee. You know the Babylon Bee, wonderful satirical social media site run by a bunch of conservative Christians. They, they pump out three, four, five stories a day of a satirical nature. They call themselves... Uh, uh, the most trusted site in fake news. Um, again, satire, similar to The Onion, if, if you remember The Onion. Uh, but then there are so many stories these days that seem ridiculous and satirical, yet are not. They're actual real stories. The Babylon Bee had to start a second social media site called Not The Bee. So we're going to play the B or not the B, and we'll see if Lou can uh, figure out which is which, which is real, which is satirical. Are you up for that, Lou? Hey, Richard, always up for a challenge. And, you know, 
when you uh, you know tell me about uh, some of the things that we int introduce as news items, legitimate news items, right? You know that are ridiculous on a good day. So let's take the comedic and the ridiculous and see where the twain should meet. That's the problem. It's getting increasingly difficult <laughs> to tell. It's all a blur now. Is it real or is it Memorex? I'm not really sure. Well, so we'll we see. You know, uh, you know, if we go to the polls, as many have predicted uh, in the fall, right, that's when we would be called to make a decision about how to proceed in the next four years, who's going to be the leadership candidates right. and all that. You know, we may just get a ridiculous outcome. Right. Like four more years of this. That's why they call it the silly season. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a, a, by and large, a political atheist these days. Um, and I know that every four years they always frame the, the election, an upcoming election as the most important election of a lifetime or in a generation. But I, I, I really have to think in terms of this country's rapid descent into uh, Marxism, authoritarianism, that this is this is it. I mean, I don't know how many how many more, you know, uh, liberal regimes under Trudeau, certainly that that this country can withstand. Uh, I think this might be it. I think we can finally call this one at least the most important election in a generation. What say you? Well, I think that it's, uh, you know, an old saying in the capital markets, don't fight the tape, right? I mean, if you're, uh, you know, uh, betting against the market and the market's beating you senseless, you got to start to pay attention when the pain gets too much, right? So I'm thinking that uh, the majority of Canadians are going to, uh, you know, do what they've always done, which is, you know, throw their uh, vote towards the governing liberals because, they're not, you know, they're happy with the situation that that exists. And the only people that really have to worry are the people that have uh, diligently uh, saved money to take care of themselves and their families and so on. And the majority will be those living off of the tax pool that will be voting for. Yeah, everything's great. So, you know, unless there's a swing, unless those people you know, decide that. They want better for themselves and their children, as opposed to the crumbs on the table. I think we're stuck with what we got. Crumbs on the table. Yeah, well, I mean, not for you and me. I mean, let's be clear, Richard. I think we've been diligent. I think we've uh, taken care of our responsibilities. I think we've tried to uh, take care of ourselves and our families. You know, uh, I don't think I've been living off crumbs off the table. I've been baking a new bread, you know, loaf of bread regularly. Right. Except, except what about things like, uh, you know, a tax on a primary um, capital gains on primary residences? That's coming. I believe that's coming. Oh, they it's, are, a, they it's are, a risk. It's a risk for yeah. sure. And it may be in time, but I don't think at this time. Right. I mean, think about it this way. When you talk to pros in the real estate game, they'll tell you over 60% of homes are owner occupied. Right. You know, it's closer to 70%. The vast majority of people own where they live. Now, if that doesn't, if people don't get up and hit the hammer, right, hit the nail on the head with that hammer and say, no, 
well, then they're going to sacrifice, you know, what is largely the biggest asset most people have. Uh, and and uh, if you had to, if you had to devote today, any thoughts? Are you willing to divulge? Well, I, you know, first of all, I wouldn't vote for any of the main parties. I've been going down ballot, if you will, for some many years, right? I used to vote religiously with the conservatives, but after the income trust debacle of 2006, I said, no, not for you. You don't get my vote. You don't get my donations. They called again today, the conservative party, because you know, you? I was a member every, and I keep telling them, please lose my number. And they just continue on these poor people that are working the phones. You know, I don't want to get mad at them. They're just trying to earn a living. Um, I keep telling them, please, I am not a supporter. Stop calling me. But they yeah. just keep reading from the script. Yeah, <laughs> Richard, the only way to get it done is to do what I did to get off of their list. I cursed the uh, the person on the phone, a blue streak, and I was off the list. I may, it may, I may have to resort to that. As well, much give as it a I, try. See how effective <laughs> it is. It works right. for me. All right, my friend. In an hour, we'll talk. Okay, B, to be or not to be? The B or not the B. The B or not the B in an All hour. Right. Happy capitalism. All right, the federal cabinet is proposing a digital safety commissioner with power to block websites, investigate anonymous complaints, and conduct closed-door hearings into legal but hurtful online content. We'll discuss that straight ahead. We're back as The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Welcome back. So the liberal cabinet is proposing an officer of digital safety. Tom Korski is the managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, minding Ottawa's business, and uh, Tom joins us now. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Richard. Well, this is rather sinister. Now, um, as you call it in in um, at Blacklock's Reporter, the chief internet censor, is this part of uh, their proposed Bill C-36, or would they appoint an officer of digital safety like a, in an order in council type thing? Uh, they need even more legislation, but isn't it interesting? This is a very clever ploy on the behalf of cabinet. They have taken all their little elements of internet censorship and spit, split them up into separate bills. C-10 currently stranded in the Senate. C-36 just introduced. You just mentioned that. This would be an entirely separate bill that would create this bureaucracy to censor the internet to a degree, Richard, that does not exist in radio, television, or newspapers in this country, it's frankly, it's beyond stark and alarming. It's unbelievable. So again, the power to block websites, that would be uh, like what we call geo-blocking. So you wouldn't be able to access them from inside Canada. These could be domestic websites. These could be foreign websites, correct? Could be anything the chief censor describes by cabinet order. Cabinet will really decide this. And remember, Richard, we're not talking about illegal content, which is already unlawful. It's already against the law. Hate speech has been illegal in Canada since 1970. This is not about terrorist financing, child pornography, or meth dealers. This is about legal content. It's lawful content, but it hurts people's feelings. And the chief censor, under the technical documents released by the Department of Canadian Heritage, can take anonymous complaints. And then he can have a secret hearing, an investigation behind closed doors. 
and decide if he wants to block a website. This is in Canada in 2021. This is a cabinet proposal. Now, I just want to contrast this portrayal that you have, which is quite stark and and um, odious, as I say, with the Toronto Star headline. It says Canada lays out major plans to target illegal content on Facebook, YouTube, Pornhub and other platforms. And they go on to mention this digital safety commissioner. Uh, are they just like running cover for the liberals and making this seem like, you know, a very sensible type uh, proposal or are they are they missing something? Badly, with all due respect to the Toronto Star, you really have to be up on your technical uh, regulations and case law to understand what you're doing, and they don't. The headline just blew it. Illegal content. This is not illegal content. If you know of illegal content, like child pornography, you just call the police, Richard. If you're aware of a Hitler website or someone who's raising money for terrorists in Iran, you, you don't need a new bureaucracy. You just call the police. That, that's not what this is about. I, I read the technical documents. I don't think the star understood it. But in fairness, the star is getting $155,000 a week in federal subsidies. So I think <laughs> they know where their bread's buttered. I'm sorry to just lay the cards on the table. This is lawful content. There is no English-speaking democracy that has regulations and appoints a chief internet censor to block websites, it's an internet kill switch, for content that hurts someone's feelings. That's what this is. All right. We'll uh, take a quick time out, Tom. If you could hang on, we'll come back and discuss further this proposed digital safety commissioner, again, with the power to block websites, investigate anonymous complaints, conduct closed door star chamber style hearings into legal but hurtful or offensive online content. Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, stays with us. More to come in three minutes. Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serra Show. Welcome back. Max Bernier standing by in a, a few moments to talk about his uh, Mad Max uh, Western tour. Also, uh, independent MP Derek Sloan's decision to form a new political party. Ouch. That's a bit of a it's got to be a bit of a sting to Max. I'm sure he was um, disappointed by that decision. We'll get into that in a few moments. Tom Korski stays with us, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. And we're talking about this proposed digital safety officer the Liberal cabinet is uh, is looking at. Um, the name digital safety officer suggests not just websites, uh, but also social media. How about online only radio stations, Tom? Would that be covered by this office? Uh, it would be, as a matter of fact, uh, unless you are licensed by the CRTC. If you're not a licensee, if you're just Internet radio, absolutely, you would be covered by one of the many family of censorship bills Cabinet has now introduced. So that would include podcasts, presumably? Absolutely. And those are, if not covered by uh, C-10, certainly by C-36, which uh, <laughs> would levy $70,000 fines on content deemed to promote detestation or vilification, whatever that means. I'm reading from the text of the bill, Richard. Right. Do we have an outline of uh, yet or any idea what some examples of, of restricted speech or restricted content? What do they mean by offensive or vilification? Do we know? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? You would ask that question. That would seem to be the question. Cabinet's been talking about this for two years. They have not come up with a single Canadian example. 
They point to uh, you know atrocities, shootings in New Zealand or the riot and Capitol Hill in the United States. They have not come up with a single Canadian example of hurtful comment, a tweet that hurt someone's feelings that justifies the legislation. What's interesting, Richard, is you mentioned Max Bernier, the people who advocate this because they think it works for them. For my friends at the Toronto Star, could you imagine this sort of infrastructure in place if Max Bernier was prime minister? The same people who cheer censorship because they think it works for them today would be lighting their hair on fire. And Bernier would be the first guy to say, why would you give any politician those tools? You have to be out of your mind. Precisely. Precisely. I mean, we have a complicit mainstream media in this country. And, and as, you, as, you, as you just highlighted, the star receiving, what is it, $150,000 a week? Weekly. And you know this chief censor? You know, I, and I love the title, Digital Safety, Internet Safety Commissioner. That's gold. He's not even an officer of parliament. The way the technical documents read, Richard, this is going to be a cabinet appointee. He's cabinet's monkey. An officer of parliament is an ethics commissioner, an auditor general. You work for all parties, which means you work for all voters, which means you're independent. No one can pull your strings if it gets a little hot. This is an employee. This is an appointee of cabinet who will take cabinet directions on what cabinet decides will be illegal content. It's I can't believe we're having this conversation on the 30th of July in Canada in 2021. It's unbelievable. Yet another hill to die on, Tom. There's too many hills. That's the problem. Um, So (laughs) I would I would imagine and I I would imagine that that. Words or phrases that include things like patriotism, border security. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. National, you know, national pride, nationalism, the nation state, maybe those types of words, those buzzwords would would probably get the attention of the uh, the digital safety officer. Would you uh, concur? I would agree that once you decide words that hurt people's feelings must be censored, then any feelings must necessarily lead to censorship. Because your feelings and my feelings are just as valid. I may be upset by Polish jokes. Someone else may be upset by uh, comments about unions. There's really no end to it. Once you put the government, the federal government, in the censorship business, where would it possibly stop? 
Well, they will be the first ones to let you know. And this bill and these technical documents don't set any limit. It doesn't prescribe any limit on cabinet. It doesn't even talk about freedom of expression. What about criticism of communist China? That's one of it's my concerns. I mean, that's, some, that's something I talk about a lot in this program because I see uh, less and less distinct, distinction between the, the regime in communist China and the regime in Nazi Germany. And I make that comparison a lot. I'm guessing that uh, that might be verboten under the, uh, this new uh, digital safety office. Well, you raise an interesting point. The Minister of Canadian Heritage, Steve Gibo, God bless him, he talks a lot. And he has made two appearances. One was in a March 31 podcast, and the other was in a Commons Heritage Committee in January, where he outlined where he thinks this is going, and it was jaw-dropping. Minister Gibo said he thinks that people who taunt cabinet ministers, public office holders, not in China, right here in Canada, People who make snide, critical remarks, who ridicule cabinet ministers, that that should be not allowed because he feels it drives good people out of public life. I guess he's talking about himself. Minister Gibo also said that comment on the Internet that, in his words, chips away at public institutions or federal employees really goes beyond the pale. So we're not talking about off-color jokes you would hear in a comedy club, and we're not talking about Hitler websites. We're talking about dissent. He's talking about dissent, Richard. They want to censor dissent. That's where we are. Well, I'll, I guess I'll see you on the unemployment line. In town. <laughs> we'll be out of a job. We'll be out of a job, my friend. I've uh, I've got to run, but Tom, uh, thank you for uh, for staying on this. You guys do great work, as I've mentioned at Blacklock's Reporter, minding Ottawa's business, and uh, have a great long weekend. Put your feet up, relax a little bit, and we'll talk again soon. I hope. Oh, thank you kindly, Richard. Tom Korsky, managing editor, Blacklock's Reporter. Mad Max is next. Stay with us. You're listening to the Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, nine sixty a.m. Hey, Richard Serrett here, and I'm here with Dr. Cass Ingram, the author of 30 books on natural healing. Cass, you and I have known each other for more than 25 years. I think of you as Dr. Oregano, and I know you're wild about wild oregano and the oregano P73 juice, but it's different than the oregano oil. How? Hey, when I was in the mountains, the village chief said, look, we don't use oregano oil. We use the juice, and he pulls out these pop bottles he made in his backyard, and they're using it for heart disease, cancer, and bronchitis as well as diabetes and he's claiming it works well for 20 years i've been using it it does the job thanks cass oregano p73 juice from north american urban spice available at health food stores across the gta you can order online at oregano.com that's o-r-e-g-a-n-o-l 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 oregano juice from oregano.com All right. Welcome back. Before we get to Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada in here, just a quick shout out to a faithful, loyal listener in Mississauga. Hey, Peter Vardalos, thank you so so much for all of your uh, support, kind words, and thanks for listening. Hope you're uh, enjoying this program today. All right. Max Bernier is here to talk about Western alienation, uh, as well as a new political party that's just been formed by independent MP Derek Sloan. We'll get into that and much more. 
Max, welcome back to the program. Where have I found you today? I'm in Montreal today, Richard. Thank you very much for this invitation. My pleasure. Tell me about the status of the Mad Max Tour 21. I know you've been out west a lot. Where are you heading next? Yes, I'm going to Northern Ontario this weekend. And after that, next week, I'll be in New Brunswick. And, uh, you know, I will uh, be back in Western Canada after that. I'm very busy. We are uh, in the process right now of selecting our candidates for the next general campaign. We have more than 200 uh, candidates appointed. And I can tell you that uh, we'll be ready and we will have a full slate of uh, candidates before the 1st of September. Let me ask you about the mood out west. For example, in Alberta, I don't need to tell you, the separatist movement there is alive and well. And in October, on the ballot will be a, basically a referendum question asking Albertans yes or no on transfer payments. And if they vote no, that could open up a path towards Alberta leaving Confederation potentially. What do you say to Albertans who have had it up to here with federalism? First of all, I'm telling them that I understand their frustration, and I'm the only national uh, politician, leader of a national political party that is speaking about that. Uh, Their frustration is based on uh, not being able to build pipelines. In our platform, we'll use the Constitution, Section 9210, and we'll be able to build pipelines in this country. Based also on the climate change, uh, we are saying no to that, and we won't impose a carbon tax. But the most important, like you said, based on the equalization formula, they don't want to pay a a lot of money to eastern provinces. As you know, this year, the federal government will transfer $40 billion to have-not provinces, and that must stop. I agree with them, and that's why we are saying that we will change the equalization formula to be less generous, and you can do it. So that's why uh, our party is growing out west, and that's why I was in uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and, and, and B.C. People understand that we are, uh, uh, we are uh, having a discussion uh, and in our platform on the real issues that are important for the future of this country. So they will have to vote, like you said, uh, on the, uh, the equalization formula, but also at the same time, they will have to vote for a, a senator. Uh, that will be a question in the ballot. And I can tell you that the People's Party of Canada will have three candidates uh, on the ballot for being elected uh, senator for Alberta. So we will participate in that uh, debate. And also our senators will speak about our position on equalization. That's the best one for Canada and the best one for Alberta. We want to uh, cut the equalization formula formula and the equalization money that is going to other provinces. And we, we have the courage to speak about that, not only in Alberta, but also in Quebec and in New Brunswick. And actually, well, I'll be in New Brunswick next week, and I'll speak about that, that, you know, it's unfair. We must change that and give the right incentive to uh, Quebec and New Brunswick to develop their natural resources. Well, speaking of pipelines, Quebec has recently said no to a liquid natural gas pipeline. Uh, here we are again, Quebec basically saying no to Alberta. You're from Quebec. You're, you're running in, in the riding of both Quebec. How are you going to settle this squabble between your home province and the needs of Alberta? 
Yeah, first, uh, actually, you have right about that, that the Quebec government decided to say no to uh, pipelines. But, uh, you know, they're listening to the radical environmentalists. I don't do that. I'm listening to Quebecers. And there's the pipelines in Quebec. Actually, all the energy, the uh, uh, gas uh, going to the uh, airport, Trudeau Airport, it is by pipeline from the port of Montreal on the ground, under the downtown Montreal, up to the Toronto, the uh, Montreal uh, Trudeau Airport. So, and Quebecers understand that it, that it is safer for the environment and also for the population to transport oil and gas by pipeline than by train or trucks. And they remember we, we had a huge tragedy in Lake Megantic seven years ago. Um, so, so it's easy to explain that to Quebecers, but the elite uh, politicians uh, in Quebec uh, don't want to do that and they're listening the uh, radical environmentalists. So that's why I believe that we can have a good support for pipelines in Quebec, actually. All right, Max, we'll take a quick time out, come back and discuss other matters. Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Back with more in a minute. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. The Honorable Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, stays with us for a few moments yet. I have to ask you about independent MP Derek Sloan. A few days ago, he announced that he wants to form a new political party. That must be a disappointment to you, Max. I'm, I, I know that you were hoping that he would join ranks with the People's Party and, and be, then you would have one member of parliament. Yes. So first, you're right. Uh, I'm disappointed because... Uh, I told him a couple of times ago, publicly and privately, that uh, he will be welcome in our party, in People's Party of Canada. I'm ready, I was ready to have a discussion with him on his role uh, with us uh, in the PPC. But, you know, he decided to launch his own political party. I respect that. But um, I don't really understand why he believes that this was necessary. Uh, you know, given that he will... Um, he is, I think he is in agreement with the majority of our platforms and the majority of what we are doing at the PPC. But um, what I can say right now, I can wish him a good luck. And uh, he decided to become a competitor instead of being a partner with us. So, you know, we won't be able to have any more collaboration. And uh, I, I'm telling you, we will have a candidate in every uh, riding, and we are ready for this battle as a, a, a political party. But too bad that he decided to be our competitor. And uh, But that's life. I respect what he's doing. Do you think that perhaps one of the reasons he doesn't want to join forces with your party is he doesn't feel simpatico with your positions on, let's call them social conservative issues? It may be that, but, you know, I, I always said, you know, I welcome social uh, conservative people. Uh, actually, you know, I'm the only leader who said at the national election that, you know, I will vote against uh, 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 late term abortion and uh, and against also uh, sex selection abortion. And I said to every uh, social conservative 
or pro-life people that they are welcome in our party because uh, we are uh, we will uh, be able to have a debate on abortion and that will be a free vote for everybody. So I believe, and contrary to the Conservative Party of Canada, that uh, these people have the right to uh, debate uh, their their point of view. And I'm, I'm open to that. But, you know, we'll see what uh, social conservatives will do. They may stay with the Conservative Party of Canada. They may go with uh, Derek Strong. And I believe that some of them will come with us. But we have a platform that is good for all Canadians, and we are welcoming also pro-choice people. Uh, what we like to have in this country, it's a debate about that, like uh, on climate change. The debate is not settled, and we must uh, be able to speak about what we believe in in this country. And that's why I'm welcoming uh, people that um, are uh, pro-choice or pro-life. And uh, let's have that debate. So we'll see what will happen. But I understand that now he decided to be a competitor. We'll have a friendly competition for sure. You've always considered yourself a principled conservative. But one of the paradoxes of starting a new political party, and you are relatively new, is that in order to expand your appeal, sometimes you need to water down your policies. How will you and the People's Party ensure that that doesn't happen? No, it won't happen. You know, the Conservative Party of Canada is doing that right now and that's why they are not conservative we have a platform a very strong platform with bold reforms based on four principles as you know individual freedom personal responsibility respect and fairness so so the platform of this election is the same one of the last one 2019 and that will be the same platform and the next one in 2024 or i don't know so we are there we are doing politics based on principles and we are speaking about the real issues that are important for the future of this country, like immigration and all the other issues that uh, I just discussed with you. So that will stay like we are, you know, It's uh, and people understand that. We don't need to do survey or polling to know what we have to say. We're doing a principle, politic based on principles, and I will never do any compromise with my principle. And that's what people appreciate that. I know you don't do a lot of polling, but you need, I believe it's 5% nationally to get on that debate stage. Where are you now? Do you know? Uh, it's not 5%, Richard. It's 4%. Ah. So uh, I'm looking at the public uh, polls, and we had one where we were at 3%, another one at 5%. So, And the condition for us is to have, on average, two weeks before the election, 4% uh, in a poll. So I believe I'll be on the stage and I'll be able to debate uh, when the time will come because I'm pretty sure that we'll be able to have that score. Quick uh, comment on uh, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. It does seem almost inevitable, at least if you listen to our public health officials, that vaccine passports or some sort of vaccine identification system is coming to Canada. Uh, Will you state on the record that you would ban such measures if you were the prime minister? Absolutely. You know, the best uh, action on that uh, must be the one that the governor of of Florida is doing, uh, Governor DeSantis, you know, ban a vaccine passport. There's no vaccine passport in Florida. And if a a private um, business like a restaurant uh, wants to uh, impose a vaccine passport, it is illegal in Florida. 
that must be the position in our country. We must be a free country. And, you know, that's a private health information. We don't have to be in a position to share that with uh, other people or other organizations. So that's our position. Everybody must be free to decide if they want the passport or not with the right information, uh, informed consent. And, uh, and, and imposing a vaccine passport, that's not um, in line with our Canadian values and our freedom. And they're doing things like that in communist country. So, yes, we will fight always uh, to be sure to uh, that won't be imposed. But uh, if you look at what is happening right now in Quebec, the Quebec government said this week that if 90%, 90% of the population don't have um, the two doses before the 1st of September, they will impose a vaccine passport. So that's an important fight. That will come. We don't want that. And we must be uh, out there and speaking against that. And that's what I'm doing. Max, thank you as always for your time. Thank you very much, Richard. Have a nice day. The Honorable Max Bernier, People's Party of Canada. First we filled your mind. Now, let's twist it. This is <laughs> The Limb Riddler. Hey, Limb Riddler, happy Friday. We made it. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Richard. How about yourself? Terrific, thanks. But I've been a very bad boy managing the clock, so we're a little tight for time. So uh, let's get right to this week's Limb Riddle. Alrighty, I'll, I'll, I'll do this twice. Uh, you're solving for one word. Uh, and today's Limb Riddle is entitled Sent from the Ark. And it goes like this. Sent from the Ark while the whole world awaits. Policy backer of low interest rates. Plunged in the pool, employed to stay cool. Beauty brand bath bar bedazzles your dates. All right, one more time very quickly. Okay, sent from the ark while the whole world awaits. Policy backer of low interest rates. Plunged in the pool, employed to stay cool. Beauty brand bath bar bedazzles your dates. Get your answer in to info at limriddles.com and put 960 in the subject line. All right, and be listening just before the news at 6, and I'll announce the uh, the answer and also this week's winners. You have a great long weekend, Lim Riddler. You too, Richard. Bye for now. All right, the Lim Riddler, limriddles.com to register, limriddles.com. All right, hour two away. Stay with us. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Hey, Richard! Hello, yes. Can I help you? Richard! The Richard Serrett Show continues on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. Here's a little tease of what's coming up this hour. Of course, news not in the news, just ahead, German word of the day, and a, a new Friday seg- uh, segment. We're going to run up the flagpole, see how it flies, called The Bee or Not The Bee. That's with the lovable but irascible one. And uh, also, we'll uh, check in with Dave Naylor. He's the news editor of the Western Standard. They do good work, the Western Standard. And they're not getting $150,000 a week from the uh, the feds. Uh, anyway, Dave will be here to talk about um, Alberta primarily, Premier Jason Kenney. 
um, has basically declared the pandemic over in Alberta. And now the uh, the fear mongers are uh, are angry with the premier. And we'll talk about that as well. Uh, premier Kenny is furious at the prime minister because they were hoping to elect candidates for the Senate that, that would then be appointed by the uh, by the prime minister. But the prime minister has disregarded that and has just gone ahead and appointed a senator anyway. So that's uh, Dave Naylor coming up a little bit later. And then our small town family physician and lover of freedom, Dr. Patrick Phillips, will be here uh, towards the tail end of the program. And we'll talk about this uh, CDC document recently leaked that shows vaccinated people are spreading the Delta variant just as quickly as the unvaccinated. And we'll also talk about some new antivirals that Pfizer has just announced. This is very curious, the timing. Were they sitting on these the whole time until we took the, uh, the vaccine? All of a sudden now, they're announcing that they have some promising antivirals to deal with COVID. So uh, Dr. Patrick Phillips will be here. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. News not in the news. Not in the news. All right, Lou. Now, just ahead of uh, the B or not the B, I thought we'd do the German word of the day, German phrase of the day. Are, are you shifting the uh, premise of the bit? Why? Well, going from German word to German phrase, it seems like, you know, uh, the original premise was a word and right. now you have a series of words. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to expand my linguistic horizons here. Oh, OK. All I'm right. trying to grow. I'm trying to grow as an individual. We were doing we were doing German phrases a little bit earlier. Yeah. And then I reverted back to German word of the day. So now it's I'm going back to the phrase. So you can't make up your mind. You know, you could have a career in politics. <laughs> I'm sure there's a German word for my uh, my my constant ambivalence. <laughs> All right, here we go. The German phrase of the day is Ich kann mit dir so wie lachen. Ich kann mit dir so wie lachen. One more time. Ich kann mit dir so wie lachen. Okay, that is a lot of ach, ich, ach. So <laughs> That's right. Tell us what it means. All right. Uh, the lachen part sounds a little Scottish. I have to work on that. Ich kann mit dir so wie lachen. The English meaning is I can laugh with you so much. And I do. Okay, so it's a compliment. It's it is. It's laughing with you, not at you. Exactly. I can laugh with you so much. I like it. Okay. There you go. Now, it, are we going to do the B or not the B now? Is that okay? You good for that? I'm just trying to get direction. <laughs> 
right. You've come to the wrong place. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I don't have any, you know, music. I don't have any. Uh, it's just funny an idea. Liners. It's just an idea. Yeah, it's just, a, just uh, an idea. So, like the German word of the day was just an idea. Exactly. And look, it all, now you got a music bed, right? Exactly. People expect it. You know, yeah. we've even moved it further out of the show, right? From the first hour, now it's the German word of the day. Everything is in hour. flux. It's just a work in progress. It's organic. Yeah. It's a yeah. living and breathing document. <laughs> okay. All right. right. The B or not the B? Okay. And just a little primer or a little background for people not familiar. Again, the Babylon B is a satirical news site on social media, primarily on Twitter. I think they even have a podcast. It's a bunch of these conservative Christians. They get together and they just create like the onion. People might remember the onion, which was a satirical news site. Uh, so they just have a lot of fun with it. But then because of these crazy times that we're living in, the Babylon Bee had to create a new site called not the Bee because there are stories that seem so crazy that they might be confused with the Babylon Bee, but they're actual real stories. So you've got the Bee, as in the Babylon Bee, which is satirical, and then you have not the Bee, which are actual real stories as crazy as they may seem. So we have the Bee or not the Bee. All right. And I'm the only contestant. You are the only contestant, but eventually we'll drag Jody into this mess. All right. You could play now, like if you wanted, Jody. You yeah, could jump on, on the microphone and play yeah, now. Like you know, the over under. You got to have more than one. She's thinking it over. Oh. She's thinking it. Over. She's running the show. But anyway, all right. Oh, she's thinking it over. Oh, this is the, this is the music. This is the theme song for "Be Not the Bee." Oh, interesting. Okay, very good. Nice, nicely played. All right, here it is. Is this the bee? Or not the B. A Michigan lawmaker, a Michigan lawmaker reports $221 campaign spending at a strip club. In a phone interview, State Representative Jewel Jones described the venue of the meeting as a lounge and said he wasn't sure if it was a strip club. This is a Democratic State uh, Representative Jewel Jones. Uh, and um, again, he says, He's reporting a $221 campaign spending at a strip club, and he's calling it a constituent meeting. Is that the B or not the B? Okay, what was the name of the lounge? Did they give us the name? They did they, not. We just know that it was a it was a strip club, and he okay, spent $221. Usually they have distinctive names, like, you know, the pink pussycat and things like that. Right, right. right. No, okay. I'm going to say it is not the B. Jody, you want to uh, nod your head or disagree or the B or not the B? It's not the B. You're right. This is an actual story. This is from not the B. This is a, a Michigan lawmaker. He's in the Michigan State uh, House of Representatives. He's from the Detroit area. And yes, he actually held an, or he spent $221 in campaign spending at a strip club. And he he called it a constituent meeting. There hey, you go. listen, you know, if your constituency has got a lot of bikers in it, that's where you're going to go and meet them. That's it. Why not? You got to go where the people are. Nice. All right. Here we go with story number two. Is this the B or not the B? Uh, Mike Lindell. You remember Mike Lindell, uh, the pillow guy. Um, Mike Lindell, more commonly known as the My Pillow Guy, is making headlines once again with his newest line of pillows. 
in an effort to appeal to socialists, my pillow now targeting the socialist demographic with the release of our pillow. Our pillow. He says my pillow did not really uh, my pillow did really well in the Trump era, but now with a new administration it's time to try out our pillow, my comrades, said an exuberant Mike Lindell, and we're proud to announce that we're transitioning to overseas factories, so every our pillow will be made 100% in the communist utopia of China. Is that the B or not the B? I'll say it's the B. Yeah, that one's a little obvious. <laughs> it's very funny, though. We're changing the name from my pillow to our pillow to appeal to the socialists. That's right. That's from the Babylon Bee. All right. I think we have time for one more here. Is this the bee or not the bee? A, according to sources, Democrats in Washington really want people to get vaccinated. When it comes to undocumented immigrants, however, Democrats don't really seem to care as much. This led local man Damian Cooper to pose as an illegal immigrant so politicians won't bother him about getting vaccinated all the time. <laughs> Hola, said Cooper to reporters when asked about the situation. Uh, the reporter quickly surmised from Cooper's fluent Spanish that he was a Mexican immigrant and it would be racist to question him further. Cooper's employer has also backed off after initially telling him he would lose his job if he didn't get vaccinated. They have also switched to paying him under the table so he can collect his wages tax free without fear of being deported. There you go. A man disguising himself as an illegal immigrant. So Democrats won't care that he's unvaccinated. Is this the B or not the B? I'm going to say it's the B. Jody. Correct. You guys are what? That three for three. Are these too easy? Well, there's some giveaway in that last one when they talked about the employer agreeing to pay him under the table. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> but nobody. That stays buried deep with the corpse, okay? Maybe I should just do the headlines and, and rather than uh, reading too, too far down into the story. Well, you know, it's the first day. Don't whip yourself. You have a long weekend ahead of you to... You know, germinate this idea, further grow it. So Okay. Our, our final story here, the B or not the B. Uh, work on the bipartisan infrastructure bill in Congress has ground to a halt as nobody there is sure what number comes after trillion. I'm just going to leave it right there. Is that that's, the B or not the B? That's the B. The B. Jody says the B as well. There you go. You're four for four. Yes. What number does come after trillion, incidentally? Do we know? Is it kajillion? Kajillion? Gazillion? Not well, sure. I have to look it up. I mean, right. come on. I mean, you can't count that high. So what does it matter? <laughs> not fully clothed. You're back to our pillow? <laughs> what that means. All right. We have all long weekend to think about it. You and I, Lou, and Jody, hopefully too. And Brandon, everybody going to put our feet up on uh, Monday, the civic holiday. All There's right. always work to do around my house, Richard. That's true. That's true. I've got zucchini to harvest. We, should, we pulled a zucchini. Well, Zachary did. He's in charge of the uh, vegetable garden. A zucchini, it was the size of my femur. Wow. It was huge. Well, I, I don't have a huge femur. I'm kind of cut off at the knees. But anyway, it was a large zucchini. And you got a, a menu planned for that? 
Uh, actually, the mighty boiling. Aphrodite, the mighty Aphrodite, um, uh, cut it up and and baked it along with some potatoes. It's kind of, with three different types of cheeses. It's kind of a scalloped potato zucchini dish. There's a Greek name for it. It was formidable. Okay. All right. And how's your tomato crop? Uh, we're getting some cherry tomatoes in, but everything else is kind of green right now with all the rain. Okay. Because I got a dehydrator and I just started dehydrating uh, tomatoes. Delicious. Huh. You know, nice. just like a sun-dried tomato. Oh, but yeah. This is a loo-dried tomato. A loo-dried tomato. All right. You have a fabulous long weekend. We're going to have a best-of show on Monday. We'll be back live Tuesday. All right, Tuesday. Love you. Bye. Love Happy you, capitalism. Happy capitalism. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll speak with Dave Naylor from the Western Standard about uh, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney. That's in three minutes. Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. So at the conclusion of the Calgary Stampede, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney posted a video of him standing there, maskless, shaking hands, embracing Calgary Stampede visitors, standing shoulder to shoulder for photo ops, He posted this to his social media pages and he wrote such a joy to connect with Albertans during Canada's first major event after the pandemic. Did you get that? He wrote after the pandemic and Premier Kenny has essentially proclaimed the pandemic is over in his province and it's time for the media and politicians to stop with the fear mongering. That's not uh, going over well with, uh, well, the fear mongers. Dave Dave Naylor from the Western Standard is uh, the news editor there, and he's uh, with us to discuss. Hey, Dave, welcome. Thanks, Richard. How are you doing today? Very well. So the uh, the pushback. uh, Well, first of all, before we get into the pushback against the premier, what do you suppose um, led to Premier Kenny's um, I don't know why I don't want to call it a coming to Jesus moment, but this seems like kind of a transformation, a sudden transformation uh, from him. I mean, this is a guy that was throwing priests in jail. Um, you know, it was pretty adamant about, you know, vaccines and masks and so forth. And now all of a sudden he's saying, well, basically we have to start dealing with it like it's the flu. Was this pressure from, I don't know, the Wild Rose Party or his base? What's happening here? All of the above, I think, Richard, uh, I don't think there's ever been a polarizing uh, issue in recent memory, uh, as there has been with uh, Kenny's COVID uh, restrictions. Uh, from the start, they were very unpopular with uh, with not only his base, but uh, the majority of Albertans. Uh, they didn't like the uh, the restrictions on their, uh, their freedoms. And you're right, uh, uh, the government and the authorities certainly... Uh, Took them to heart, didn't they? Throwing people in jail and uh, and uh, fining people by the hundreds, uh, but then the, you know the numbers started to come down uh, as they have as they have across the country. So Dr. Dina Henshaw, the chief medical officer, uh, announced this week that Alberta is going to move uh, uh, from the pandemic to an endemic, uh, basically the end game of uh, of COVID nineteen. Uh, the majority of Albertans, I think we're closing in on 77, 77% now, excuse me, uh, have been vaccinated. Uh, and now, you know, you're down to those those hardcore 20% that likely aren't, no matter what happens. They can be tempted with uh, free uh, free trips to the stampede to, to a million
they won't they won't budge. So the the, the government has decided. Well, I guess that's close enough to herd human herd uh, immunity that that they can they can give it a go. Uh, certainly, the numbers that go are going up. I think we had close to uh, 300 yesterday alone the new COVID cases, but hospitalizations aren't. And, and that, that's the key thing, uh, Richard, at the moment is if hospitalizations remain low, then the healthcare system doesn't get overrun. Uh, again, it's been a polarizing issue. There are those on either side. Uh, you've got doctors on either side. You've got doctors now uh, saying that it's way too early, uh, that they, uh, they should not have been uh, uh, brought brought to an end so quickly. Uh, you had uh, no less a health authority himself than Nahid Nenshi, the mayor of Calgary, saying it was the height of insanity. Uh, there were doctors protesting in the streets of both Calgary and Edmonton today uh, against the relaxing of the, uh, the regulations. But I think for the majority of Albertans, they just thought it was time. And, uh, uh, you know, certainly the United Kingdom has uh, dropped all their... Uh, regulations a short time ago and uh, and the, their number of new cases is plummeting so you know obviously uh, the, uh, the the big x factor in all this is the the next variant the d the d variant and apparently we're now in the fourth wave of uh, uh, of it now so uh, what's to come we'll see it's a bit of a gamble by kenny no doubt about that well, I hope whatever he's drinking, he'll uh, he'll share it with our premier out here because uh, I'm hoping that this this will be a trend across the country. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a quick time out, Dave. Stay with us. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Premier Kenny. Uh, he's livid with the Prime Minister uh, regarding a recent Senate appointment. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show in three minutes. Don't go away. The Bull Session continues on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk Saga 960 AM. We are back with Dave Naylor, news editor of the Western Standard. Dave, incidentally, how do we subscribe to the Western Standard? Well, if you go to Western Standard online and uh, click on membership, uh, you'll be able to get all the details there on uh, bailout free media in the West. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. All right. So Alberta Premier Jason Kenney is absolutely livid with uh, Trudeau. Because Trudeau appointed uh, the mayor of Banff to be uh, the senator for the province, despite the fact that, you know, Alberta has long desired a Tripoli Senate uh, effective, equal and elected. And uh, so Alberta has tried to have their people elect senators and then have the prime minister choose uh, whenever there's a vacancy for Alberta to choose the the uh, the 
the person that the people have elected. So there's a, a an election slated in October for a Senate candidate, but the prime minister just ignored uh, the Alberta's or the premier's wishes and and went ahead and appointed the mayor of Banff anyway. So I mean, how uh, what what is the prime minister trying to do here? Is he deliberately trying to instigate Kenny and and Albertans? That seems to be the only answer, uh, uh, Richard. Uh, you you remember how they uh, they announced uh, the election of a new pope? You can see smoke rising out of the the Vatican. Well, I think if you look closely at the Alberta Legislature building yesterday, you can see smoke coming out of there, and that was coming from Jason Kenney's ears because <laughs> he was he was furious. Uh, he issued moments after. Uh, uh, Karen Sorensen was appointed. He issued a very, very strongly worded statement uh, saying Trudeau showed contempt uh, for democracy in Alberta. He talked about meeting Trudeau just uh, just on July 7th and filled him in on uh, the Alberta Senate election, uh, which happens on, uh, uh, you know, in, in mid-October. And uh, Alberta has been having election nominations since uh, since the 1980s, Richards, uh, Richard, sorry. And, uh, you know, they've had four Senate elections and, and five nominees that, that were selected by Albertans have been chosen and, you know, represent Alberta in, in the parliament. But uh, Kenny says this decision just shows contempt, uh, snubbing the nose, uh, snub his, uh, snubbing his nose, a slap in the face. Um, and nobody is suggesting Karen Sorensen is not unqualified. You know, she's been the mayor of Banff for, you know, she's in her third term now. She was, a, a before that, a six-year councillor, school board trustee for for uh, for four years, and, and before that, a successful businesswoman. So she's a very smart representative. But, uh, you know, and that's all you can take it as, is a slap in the face for, for Kenny to tell Trudeau just a couple of weeks ago, hey, you know, uh, keep, that, uh, keep that Senate place vacant. We're having a... Um, an election in, in October, and for Trudeau to just come around days later and fill it. I mean, holy cow, the, the anger that, uh, that Kenny must be feeling, and the absolute joy that uh, two gentlemen, Paul, uh, Paul Hinman and uh, Jay Hill, the respective leaders of the Wild Rose Independence Party and the Maverick Party, uh, they must be rubbing their hands with glee, because again, it just proves their argument that there is no fair deal for Alberta within this confederation. Right. And I'm sure Albertans will keep that in mind as they go to the polls in October to vote on another matter. And that is uh, basically a referendum question on equalization payments. And if they vote no, they no longer want to pay equalization. That could open the door for a referendum on separation, right? Well, it could. Uh, most experts say it's it's sort of much ado about nothing. It's, uh, you know, it's a, a motherhood type vote that uh, that most certainly will pass. Uh, because, you know, equalization stinks uh, if you're an Albertan. Uh, we've paid $600 billion more than we've got out of it. And when Alberta has been struggling desperately the last few years, you know, there's been, there's been nothing coming back. So, so Albertans are, are, are fed up with it. Uh, uh, one thing they are noticing is, uh, is Quebec seemingly uh, able to change the Constitution at will. So everyone out here is saying, well, you know what, if Quebec, if Quebec can do it whenever they want, uh, it's good for them, it's good for us. All right, Dave, uh, thank you again. You have a great long weekend. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks for having me on the show, Richard, anytime. Uh, 
My pleasure. Dave Naylor, news editor of The Western Standard, our small town family physician and lover of freedom. Dr. Patrick Phillips is next. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Welcome back. When revising its mask guidance this week to urge even vaccinated people to wear masks indoors in much of the United States and now here in Canada, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, was criticized for not citing data in making that move. Now it has. And the data is sobering. The study details a COVID-19 outbreak that started July 3rd in Provincetown, Massachusetts, involving 469 cases. It found three quarters of cases occurred in fully vaccinated people. Massachusetts has a high rate of vaccination, about 69% among eligible adults in the state at that time of the study. Here to discuss further is our small town family doctor and lover of freedom, Dr. Patrick Phillips. Say, Patrick, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Richard? Very well. So uh, this is kind of awkward, I would say, for the uh, for the official narrative that the vaccinated uh, spread the variant just as easily as the unvaccinated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, it's something that we've talked about quite a bit, right? So we talked about this last time, right, of, of just the fact that uh, these uh, vaccines create uh, an advantage for these variants to emerge that are resistant to the vaccine. So as much as it's surprising for the general narrative, I think this is completely predictable um, uh, that uh, the, the, the variants of the vaccines would, would, evade, uh, would evade the vaccines. But yeah, so it, it's definitely sobering for, for the narrative. Uh, the CDC has come out now saying that uh, we should restore all restrictions for everybody who's been fully vaccinated. They're, they're recommending everybody wear masks. Um, and it makes you really wonder, like, why why get vaccinated, right? If, if uh, we're seeing emerging evidence that these vaccines are showing that they're not effective. Well, they, they, they are claiming that that example that I gave of uh, Provincetown, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, with the, um, the cases... Uh, despite the high rate of vaccination, 69%, uh, and they had these breakthrough cases, I think 469 cases, there were very few hospitalizations, I think seven, and only no deaths. So they're saying, well, at least it proves that while the vaccinated can spread, or or while the vaccinated can still get uh, COVID and spread COVID, if, if you're vaccinated, you're less likely to be hospitalized and, you know, it's very highly unlikely that you would die. But for me, what it says is if, mm-hmm. if people are trying to argue that we need to segregate the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, that totally destroys that argument. Because if the vaccinated are spreading COVID, mm-hmm. then, you know, what is what is the rationale for uh, for segregating uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated? Yeah, exactly. And and um, it, it's very sobering in that sense as well, because uh, looking at the, the actual slides from the CDC presentation that were leaked, uh, they actually found in this outbreak that the cycle thresholds, which is a basic, can kind of tell you a, a bit about the, uh, the viral load, uh, were equal at about an average of cycle threshold of, eight, of 18 for the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. So it, it, it kind of breaks that argument that you're less infectious if you caught the vaccine, right? So that it's actually, it, it um, suggests at least 
that they're equally infectious uh, if you actually have the vaccine. Um, and yeah, like it's that's true about the the hospitalizations. We don't really know entirely yet. Uh, all of this is just based on one kind of case, right? So, uh, but it but it uh, it's it's definitely uh, concerning. Um, on some level, it's concerning for the narrative. But I I kind of want to put the point out there that I don't like. There's no evidence that that really this uh, Delta variant is any more dangerous than than COVID always has been. It targets the elderly. Uh, it's very much risk stratified, and it's all. Uh, and this virus is um, is fully amenable to early treatment. So I'm not worried. Like, yeah, it's concerning for the because because the uh, the narrative kind of falls apart a little bit on these vaccines. But in reality, um, it's not concerning at all because what we know is is that. Uh, um, we know the risk factors for severe disease and we know that it's a treatable disease. So I don't think people need to be worried about the Delta variant, uh, even if you've been vaccinated. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about Pfizer. They're, they're claiming that they've got some antivirals uh, that could be effective against COVID in the pipeline. And I just find the timing of this incredible. We'll uh, we'll discuss that on the other side. Dr. Patrick Phillips is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. P underscore MD. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show straight ahead. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. We are back with Dr. Patrick Phillips, emergency room physician, family doctor up in Englehart, Ontario. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. P underscore MD. Before we get to Pfizer uh, and these uh, protease inhibitors that they're talking about, uh, some antivirals in the pipeline, I just wanted to go back to the Delta variant for a moment, if I could, doctor, because the messaging on this in terms of how dangerous this strain is, particularly to children, is all over the place. And as you say, you know, this is um, the Delta at most variants. I mean, throughout history, variants become less deadly, but they become, you know, more easily transmissible. That's just from an evolutionary standpoint. Uh, And then when it comes to children, we had the head of the CDC recently say, you know, that this is more deadly to children, which is absolutely false. I mean, when you look at the, the numbers, it's something like 400 children uh, in the United States have died with COVID. Uh, Almost all of them, almost all of them had serious underlying conditions like childhood leukemia and and the like. So we have Mm -hmm. the head of the CDC saying that. And then we have um, uh, Forbes magazine saying kids among most vulnerable to infectious Delta variant. And then we have NBC, uh, sorry, CNBC uh, saying that, um, uh, you know, children are not vulnerable to the Delta variant. Yeah. Uh, and you can go up and down line on, online and just see all of this conflicting mm-hmm. information. It's it's maddening. So from your yeah. standpoint, your perspective, what do we need to know about the Delta variant when it comes to children? That So basically that that there's no real differences here uh there's there's no evidence that it's it's more harmful to children can children catch it yeah just like children could always catch covid but for children overwhelmingly uh covid including the delta variant is just a mild cold some can possibly get sick just like kids get sick with the flu every year uh but 
as far as we know, uh, just like COVID, it's actually less harmful to kids than the flu. So this kind of fear mongering is is clearly ramping up. Uh, Trying the the rhetoric and propaganda to try to get children vaccinated, um, even though the risks of the vaccine for children clearly outweigh the risks of COVID. Um, so what you're seeing is a, a highly highly coordinated uh, and intensive marketing campaign, uh, not based on the evidence. Uh, children do not need to be afraid of the Delta variant. Okay, so over to Pfizer, and they're they're talking heralding the uh, advances the advances that they're making with something called protease inhibitors. Um, they write building on Pfizer's expertise in developing antivirals, including a protease inhibitor for the treatment of HIV. Pfizer scientists commenced a drug discovery program in early 2020. Shortly after COVID-19 emerged with the goal of identifying a potential treatment to lower the impact of COVID-19 on patients' lives and better prepare the world for future coronavirus threats. Uh, They go on to talk about their preclinical and and in vitro studies. And um, uh, basically, they're saying if successful and authorized or approved, it would be a novel treatment option for hospitalized patients with COVID-19. So first of all, what, what are protease inhibitors? So protease inhibitors are uh, just a class of antiviral drug. Uh, they're very expensive. Uh, they're used in the treatment of HIV and hepatitis C. And what they do is they um, uh, inhibit basically the production of, of proteins in order to form uh, the body of, of a virus. So basically it, it prevents uh, your cells from actually creating the virus. Uh, so it kind of stops it in its tracks a little bit that way. Um, so yeah, it, they, they have been used successfully in HIV and, uh, and, uh, hepatitis C. Um, as far as COVID goes, there's no clinical trials. Uh, there's none that I've seen. They don't quote any on the, on their webpage. And to be honest, it's pretty galling that they, uh, that they're putting that out there, that they're, they're trying to market those when we have, uh, they're trying to basically push already uh, an experimental drug when we have proven uh, safe drugs such as ivermectin, exactly. hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine, and others that we know are safe. They've been tested. They've been around for, for decades, and we know that they're safe. And yet they're going to push their, their planning to push a very, very expensive, um, highly profitable uh, medication uh, that we don't, in fact, know is safe yet. There's no clinical trials to prove that it's safe or that it'll pass these trials. This is their 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 tactic of uh, science by press release, right? Uh, Pfizer is an incredibly powerful company, um, and uh, if you notice, the Ontario Science Table will often quote uh, Pfizer press releases before the data is even available. So they have a highly coordinated marketing uh, campaign uh, and team. Uh, and to be honest, uh, I would be highly suspicious of these these medications. We have safe alternatives that are highly effective. We don't need to be pushing experimental, profitable drugs. I just find the timing of this kind of galling uh, after, you know, people have been subjected to, as you say, these experimental therapeutics, let's call the jabs, um, because even the inventor of the mRNA vaccine says they're not vaccines. So we're, maybe we should stop using the word immunization and vaccines. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the timing of this, uh, you know, if there were going to be an Operation Warp Speed, wouldn't they? Wouldn't it be best that they, you know, put all of those, all of their resources and money into, um, you know, exploring these antivirals? 
it seems to me like they were putting the cart before the horse, you know, come out with an experimental uh, gene therapy uh, instead mm-hmm. of concentrating on an antiviral. And as you say, we already have some proven antivirals out there. Yeah, so I think what we're seeing now is they've they've held this in their pocket, uh, uh, just waiting for the kind of news that we're seeing today, right? We're seeing more and more evidence that the vaccines are no longer effective, right? These gene therapy uh, mRNA th- uh, injections, right? They're not. They're starting to be ineffective uh, because they induce uh, um, variants, right? That can escape that kind of. Uh, um, uh, narrow immunity that the, that the vaccine produces. And so we're seeing what was inevitably going to happen and voila, great marketing opportunity to now, now get on board with, uh, with pushing medications. Um, so, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Um, um, they, they're an incredibly successful company. And, uh, but I think we, we need to, we need to watch out for, for companies like this. I, I think, um, I think this this was this was coordinated. They waited for the moment when the vaccines were shown no, no longer, or that they might might no longer be effective, um, and then they they push their next product. Right. All right, Doctor Phillips, you have a great long weekend, and uh, you deserve it <laughs> more than most. And we'll okay. talk again uh, soon. Okay, look forward to it, Doctor Patrick Phillips. Follow him on Twitter at Doctor P underscore MD. And now your Lim Riddler answer. This week's winners. <laughs> All right. The, uh, the limb riddle this week is sent from the ark while the whole world awaits. Policy backer of low interest rates plunged in the pool in ploy to stay cool. Beauty brand bath bar bedazzles your dates. And the answer is Dove. Dove. All right. This week's winners. Philip Vlahogianis Vlahogianis in Montreal Joe Nemet in Ridgeway, Ontario Susan Rank, Coldbrook, Nova Scotia Paul Kitney, Peterborough Duncan Ruxton in Thunder Bay Congratulations all Be listening every Friday before the news at 5 For this week's Lim Riddle Go to limriddles.com limriddles.com to register And uh, you can send your answers into Info at limriddles.com Put 960 in the subject line So we know you heard it on the radio That's it for me My thanks to Jody, Brandon and Zach uh, We're all going to put our feet up on Monday For the Civic Holiday But we've cobbled together a best of the Richard Serrett Show for you uh, then I'll be back live on Tuesday, God willing. All right, 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you Monday afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. 
Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.